blessing us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. About God blessing us materially, we emphasize a lot on that. But I'm coming to realize as I study the word that prosperity in your soul is really what will make you prosper in other areas of your life. If your soul is not prospering, your spirit man will not prosper. Your health will not prosper. Your finances will not prosper. So we really need to start working on this because for some reason we focus a lot on praying the scriptures, knowing the scriptures, declaring the scriptures, which is awesome. As a believer, you must do those. But for some reason, we've not really been very in the church, not just the Ark Fellowship, the church as a whole, have not told you that what you think is what you are going to have. You can pray, you can study the scriptures, you can make your declarations, but when your mouth stops speaking and your mind erases everything you've spoken, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So it is so crucial, these next three weeks or however long it takes, I'm going to stay on this until we learn as a church individuals how to change your mind how to renew your mind listen to this scripture in third john verse one uh, chapter one is only one chapter verse two it says beloved i wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul Do you know what that scripture is saying? It's saying that if your soul is not prospering, you will not be in health and you will not prosper in other things. That's really what that scripture is saying. It says, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, but it's tied to how your soul is prospering. Am I making sense? So the soul is really the one in charge here, from what we're seeing here. And your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your thinking faculty, that's your soul. Sometimes the Bible will also refer to your soul as your heart. Now, A man, you are a spirit. That's who you are. I'm looking at my daughter Ashley right now. Ashley is a spirit. Ashley has a soul. And what I'm seeing now is just the box. That is housing her spirit and her soul. Your spirit man will never die. Your soul will never die. If you remember, when, that, when Lazarus died and went to heaven and was in the bosom of Abraham, he remembered. You remember with your soul because that's where you think. 
he remembered his brothers and he remembered all the things they did and he said, please, can you send someone to tell them about this place so that they don't make a mistake and go to hell. So your soul will never die. The things you know and think about now when you get to heaven, you're still going to remember them. It's so important then that the way you think, your mindset, lines up with the Word of God. Your spirit man is saved. Once you're here and you're born again, there is no problem with your spirit anymore. Your spirit cannot relate with God anytime you want. But do you know your mind can decide how your spirit grows? It is your mind that tells you it's time to pray. What, what your mind says, your emotions will follow, or rather your will will follow, and then your emotions will follow. So your mind, your soul, is the one really in charge of how your spirit man grows or how your spirit man is not, is not growing. On how your finances are growing or how your finances are not growing. On how you look at yourself. All of that is in the, in the realm of the soul. And I said the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So in the soul realm, your mind is the king. Your mind is in charge. The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does your spirit know the perfect will of God? Yes, it does. When God speaks to us, God speaks to what he sees about us. God speaks about your future. That's why God says, let the weak say, I am strong, because God sees you as strong. The Bible says, let the poor say, I am rich, because in God's eyes, you are rich, you are prosperous. But until your mind agrees with the word of God, it's never going to be manifested. There's always a misalignment in the spirit realm when your soul, that is your mind that is really the king over there, when your soul is not in line with your spirit. That is where our trouble is. The trouble is not the spirit. You know, every one of you know here that you are made for better. There's a part of you that know that there is so much more. Welcome, welcome guys. There's part of you that know that there's so much more. But your mind is what pulls you back. Because what your mind has not been able to get, your hand can never handle it. I'm going to read a scripture here that's going to blow your mind. This is a very, very, very strong spiritual law. Mark 16 verse 7. You probably never saw it like this before. I never did. Put that scripture up, Teresa. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Stop there. Don't keep reading. Think about that. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Your belief has signs following it. 
Whatever you believe, there are signs that will follow what you believe. If you believe in victory, guess what? Signs of victory will follow you. If you believe in defeat, guess what? Signs of defeat will follow you. That's a very strong spiritual law that we all must make sure we are aware of. Your believing has signs to it. Whatever you believe is not empty. So be very careful what you believe. If you believe the truth, signs of the truth will follow you. If you believe a lie, and we have seen it, even among believers, if you believe a lie, the signs of that lie is what is going to follow you. Because as a man thinks, so will he be. Your whole life follows what you think. So do you not see why it's important for us to pay attention to our thoughts, to the mindsets that we have, and to renew them as God has told us, to wash our minds, because he's giving us the tools to do that. We have the tools to change our minds. Because your life will follow your thoughts. Your life will follow your mindsets. If you think victory, that's what you will have. Low self-esteem, I'm not good enough. And then it happens to say, well, I just knew it. It's your thoughts that caused it to happen. Because your thoughts will attract to you what you're thinking. I said here, a man who is defeated in life is first defeated in his mind. And a man who is successful in life is first successful in his mind. I will give you examples. You will see some kids, they are, their home life is really, really horrible. But they make up their mind as young as maybe seven or eight that they are not going to live in that neighborhood. That they are going to come out of that neighborhood. And their mindsets become different from other kids in that neighborhood. And we just saw one last Sunday. Jonathan just preached about that last Sunday. That mindset of, no, I am made for something more. And then you see those kids 20, 25 years later, they are doing well, they are very successful, and the kids they grew up with are either dead or in jail, and you're wondering what is the difference. That kid made up his or her mind that he was going to be successful. And that is what made him, the thinking, attracted success to him. Because what your mind cannot receive, your body cannot go there. Your body just follows what your mind has already received. If your mind, you know why? That's why God told Abraham, look up and see. He wanted him to be able to imagine that he had children as many as the stars. And as soon as Abraham's mind was able to comprehend that, that was, it was just a matter of time. The only thing that we as Christians, when I say hold back, I don't mean hold us back, the only things that kind of seem to like, when you're dreaming, it takes a while to get, get there, is the law of process and time. Because if you start thinking you're gonna, your mindset is right, your mindset is positive, you're using scriptures to renew your mind, it just will take time and, and season. 
That's the process we all have to go through. And in that process, still keep your mind on what you know the Lord has for you. Let's read something that they said about Jesus. To see how when your condition, how if even in Jesus' environment. First of all, there are three ways psychology will tell us. There are three ways a man is conditioned. Genetic conditioning. That is, you're just born, the genes just pass through the family. And you would think that's the strongest. That's not. There's environmental conditioning, where maybe you were brought up in an environment, there was a lot of abuse, you were never praised, you were never told you were good enough. You grew up with that mindset of you're never good enough. That's genetic, uh, environmental conditioning. But the strongest is what we're talking about, mind conditioning. Because mind conditioning can alter genetic conditioning. Your mind is that strong. That's why God says you must renew your mind. That is the only way you can prove that which is the good, the perfect will of God, the acceptable will of God, only when you've changed your mind. Jesus was in an environment that was supposedly not good. Listen to this scripture, John 1, 45 and 46. Philip had found Jesus and had gotten the revelation that this was the Messiah we had been waiting for. Philip found his, uh, Nathaniel and went to him and said, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. See what Nathaniel said to him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? There was something in that environment that made Nathaniel say, say that. We don't know what it was. The Bible doesn't tell us. But for him to say, can anything good, that means Nazareth was known for being so bad that how can the Savior of the world that we're waiting for come from there? So the question is, did Jesus leave that? Or did Jesus prove that something good could come out of Nazareth? Are you all saying yes or no? Because what I'm trying to tell you is that you may have come from a home that was so horrible, abused, molested, mentally, physically, even sexually, I may say. And the enemy comes and says, can something good come out of that? Can something good come out of that household? Can something good come out of that family? Can something good come out of that life? They said exactly the same thing about Jesus. Did he prove them wrong? Yeah. So your life too, no matter what it is, you can renew your mind. You can tell yourself, even if there's nothing good in Nazareth, I will be the different one. I will be the good that comes out of Nazareth. There is nothing God hasn't provided for us in this scripture. I'm telling you. No matter how bad it is, God has already provided a way. When this, the Bible says Jesus was touched with the feeling of our infirmities, Jesus was really, really touched with everything we can ever go through. I was talking with a sister a week ago, Saturday, and she mentioned something that it took me a while to even figure it out. Because I'd never thought about that before. Do you know that when Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tempted of the devil... Do you know when he took him up to that high mountain 
and told him to throw himself down, that the angels will carry him and bear him on their wings. Do you know what Jesus was contemplating? When you throw yourself down from a mountain, what's going to happen to you? Do you know what Jesus was contemplating? We are talking about it because we are seeing it when we read it. For some reason, our mind is thinking, I don't even know what my mind was thinking until she said it. I'm like, ah, Jesus contemplated suicide? He actually, so somebody who is very depressed, contemplating to kill themselves, can relate to Jesus. Can you see why it says he's touched by every, everything we've gone through? He went up that, and he actually looked down. I was like, I mean, you, if you were there with Jesus, you won't see the enemy talking to him. You won't see a physical devil. All this was going on in his mind. He went up that, one of those tall, tall things in, in the wilderness and contemplated throwing himself down. You see how strong the mind is? That is why you have to renew your mind. You have to tell yourself no matter what. I'm telling you, I'm beginning to realize now that the enemy doesn't really have the power that he thinks we, we think that he has. He doesn't. We only give him the power that he uses against us. If you put your leg down and you say, no, I will be everything God has called me to be. Every dream I have, I will fulfill it. Every vision God put in my heart, I will do it. If it's in the area of your business, I will become that businessman. Even if I don't have a dime today, I can think about it, I can dream about it, I can imagine it, and my mind will take me there. And once my mind takes me there and I can see it, my body will follow. Hallelujah. It says, let this mind be in you. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. Do you see all the things Christ had to overcome? Can something good come out of Nazareth? His mind said, yes, something good. I'm going to die for the whole world. That's why I came. Remember, he was fully a man. He was fully a man just like you are right now. Full man. The same emotions. The same feelings. How to think things through. But he was quick to not let his mind push him back. Hallelujah. How do we receive from God? How do we receive from God? We receive with our hands. But first of all, you have to receive it with your mind first. There are certain prayers that cannot be answered until you have the mind that can receive what you're asking for. In the kingdom of God, what you have not received with your mind first, your hand will never touch it. What you have not received in your mind, what you have not seen yourself in, 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 walking in, living in. You can pray from here till eternity. Once your mind has not seen it, it's not going to manifest. 
So that's why you have two prayer partners. Listen to this scripture. Ephesians 3 verse 20. It says, Now to him, that's talking about God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask, or what? Abundantly above all that we ask or think. So you have two prayer partners anytime you're praying. You're praying with your mouth and you're praying with your mind. And God says he's going to answer what you ask with your mouth and he's also going to answer what you think in your mind. So the question is, when you're praying, what is your mind praying? Or when you stop with your mouth, what is your mind continuing to pray? That's where the issue is. Because your mind keeps praying when your mouth has stopped praying. So if you're praying... God, I want you to bless my family. I want you to prosper. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm tired of feeling defeated. You say that in your mouth to the Lord. And then when you stop praying, your, your mind starts thinking of, Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I'm just a defeated person. Oh, I will never amount to nothing. Oh, look at Sister Joy. Oh, look at Brother Larry. Oh, I will never be like that. But you have prayed, God, bless me, God. Whatever. But when your mouth stopped talking, what your mind was now saying was canceling everything your mouth has spoken. God just says there that he's going to answer, give you exceedingly abundantly above, not only what you ask, but what you also think. We're going to see an example here in Genesis 11 verses 1 to 6, about the Tower of Babel. You can see that in our lives, things are created first in the spiritual before we see it in the physical. In Genesis 11, 1 to 6, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the, in the land of China, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick, they're just talking now, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we should be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. They were just thinking about it. As they were talking about what they want to build, their mind was imagining that tower reaching up to heaven. They were just thinking about it. They had not laid one brick. See what the Bible says in verse 4, uh, in verse 5, sorry. 
It says, and the Lord came down to see what? <laughs> to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. They had not laid one brick. We are not talking about nothing spiritual here. God was not involved in this. The Holy Spirit was not involved in this. These people were just thinking about what they were going to build. And they already said, okay, we are going to build a tower that is going to reach up to the heavens. We want to make a name for ourselves. They just thought of it. But when God came down, God came to see the city which they had built. Because in their mind, and in God's mind, that city had already been built. Do you all understand what I'm saying? And in verse 6, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they ha all have one language, and this they begin to do. Now listen, that's the, the key verse here. And now nothing will be restrained from them, nothing will be held back from them, which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be held back from you, if you have imagined it. Nothing will be held back from you if you have thought about it and you've established it in your mind. That's what it's going to be. God sees it as already been built, as already been done when your mind has captured it. Everything in life is built twice. Everything in life is built twice. First it's built in your mind and then it is built physically. If you've not built it in your mind and it by mistake comes to you physically, it will shrink back again to how small or how big your mind is. That is the reason why lottery winners, have you ever watched, I won, I won the lottery? I've always wondered. You will see these people, maybe they were like walking somewhere and I'm not saying go play the lottery, please. Let me, let me just disclaim, that's, that's gambling, that's a sin. Don't go play lotto. But have you watched them? They will make $12 million. And three, four years later, they come back to show, see them. They don't have anything anymore. Because their mind didn't build, they didn't have a mind of $12 million. The mind they had was a mind of where, where they, they, they continue to be. So if you give somebody who hasn't already got that thing in their mind, and you give it to them, come back again to see them a year or two later. No matter how, they're, they're going to waste it. They're gonna, it's just going to fly away because their mind has not reached that level. I traveled one time when we started medical missions, and for some reason they upgraded me from, from the back to business class. You could tell I didn't belong there. Because I didn't even know how to operate the seat. I had to look at those around me to see what they did. When they did that, then I did mine, and that thing almost flipped me, and I was like... So everybody around there knew, this woman doesn't belong here. She's not been here before. When they brought all the food, I was used to economy class. I'm very comfortable there. So when they were bringing all this stuff, I was almost like, is it really for me? I mean, silverware, the, the, the real thing, or anything you ask for, I mean. But I was so uncomfortable there. The, everything to do, I didn't know how to, and I'm afraid to call them, you know, because I didn't want to tell, you know, show that I don't know what I'm, you know, 
doing. And that was one of the times I made up my mind. I said, God, your mind really can, can tell you everybody who you are, the way you think. The next time I was traveling, I was back to my economy class. That's what I'm trying to say. You have to let your mind take you to where you want to be. Don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to dream. If God has given you a vision, let your mind go there. Let your mind go out and see that land flowing with milk and honey. See it. Because once you can see it, then you can have it. Once you can imagine it, it is yours. There's no chain that will hold you back if you know that that is yours. Amen? The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your mind has to give those things you are praying for an evidence. Your mind is the only thing that can do that. When you prayed for it, it's not yet seen. It's not yet evident. But your faith knows. Your spirit knows that that's what God wants you to have. But it's your mind that's going to give evidence to it. It's your mind that's going to give substance to it. So it is so vital that the mindset we have, how we think, how we imagine, God gave us that imagination. Let's use it right. It's okay to dream. It's okay to sit back and imagine where you will be in five years from now. Imagine what your children will be. If you've never read the book Fourth Dimension by Paul Yonggicho, go read that book. There was a woman in that book that his daughter was a prostitute. And she went to the pastor and she said, Pastor, see what my daughter is doing? She brings men to the house, men older than her father, men as old as her grandmother, her grandfather. Look at what she's doing. And pastor will say, I don't want you to think of that. Don't think of her that way. Think of her as someone who is going to be preaching the gospel one day. Think of her as holding the, uh, uh, the microphone and preaching to people. And she will say, I cannot imagine it. Look at all she says. Okay, you know what to do? Get a chair when you get home. Sit that chair down and in your mind put your daughter in front of that chair. And start declaring to her as if she's sitting down what you want her life to be. Make your declaration. And make it to the point where your heart now believes what you're saying. And that's the reason why we, to renew our mind by the word of God, you have to continually say those scriptures. Say them for your ear to hear. Because as you say them, maybe the first few times your body's like, ah, no, that's not, oh, it can never happen, no. But the more you say them, the more your heart begins to agree with it. And once that happens, your mind begins to see it. So that's what she did. She went home and took a chair in her prayer room and sat a chair there. And every day she will prophesy to her daughter. She will say, this is what the Bible says. Thou said the Lord. She will quote scriptures. And she did it and did it and did it until she could actually in her mind see her daughter preaching the gospel. A week after that, she came to church and got saved. And she was the one that started the cell group thing in that church that made that church the largest church in the world. That woman that was once a prostitute, that her mother refused to let her in, his, in the mind remain a prostitute. So for your children, 
If there's something you don't like, they are doing that is against the gospel, can you please from today, don't say what they are doing right now, but begin to speak what the word of God says about them. If you have to put a chair down to do your confession for your children, put a chair down and speak to an empty chair for 15 minutes every day. Until your mind can see it. If it's yourself and you don't have, if you have a negative mindset, sit yourself in the corner and speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. David did it. Speak to yourself and keep saying it. And keep, There's something about repetition. When you say it long enough, you believe it. That's why liars, when they lie long enough, they actually believe it's the truth. This is a law that works even for unbelievers. Talk more of us that have the Holy Spirit, that have the help of God. We have the word of God to be on our, on our side. Take the words of God. That Bible, the Bible says, take your words and return to me. That's what the scripture says. Take my words and return to me. Take the word of God and say, God, this is what you've said. And keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it until your heart grabs it. And once your heart grabs it, your mind grabs it, you're going to have it. I mean, I don't care what chains it is. Your body will break those chains to go where your mind is. No chains can hold you back if your mind can get it. Psalm 78, verse 41. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The God of heaven, who sits up there, and this is just his footstool, a man can limit him. A man can limit God because of how they are thinking, mindset. Philippians says, 4.13 says, I can do all things. All things means all things, people. God doesn't say things he doesn't mean. When God says you can do all things, it means you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That is the superior thinking we are talking about. That is the far above mentality we are talking about. Where you are, you are seated far above principalities, far above powers, far above. You are sitting right there beside Jesus. That's where your seat is. Let your mind also be at, at that place. Don't see anything impossible to you. Don't be saying in your spirit mind, you are sitting there, but your mind keeps you on the earth level, makes you carnal. That's why I said the other day, we have eyes. Not just these eyes. We have eyes that are not just these eyes. And until you can see with those eyes and see yourself in places where you, don't, you are not right now, and use, use your mind to break every barrier that stands in your way based on what the Word of God says about you. Once you can see yourself there, no enemy can hold you back. No enemy can hold you back. It may take time, and it may take process, but you're going to get there. That's why this message says, change your mind. Change your mind. Quickly, just give me about five minutes. I'm going. I don't want to come back to this. Ways to change your mind. 
The first thing is you must invest in your mind. Invest in your mind. It's very important. Read books. Read books. Get books about an area. That either if it's a ministry you want to do that you feel God has given you, read books about people doing those ministry. How are they doing it? How did they start? What do they do? If it's a business, you want to be, go, read books about that business. Invest in your mind. Invest, invest. Because once you see that somebody else has done it, it takes away the limitation that you have in your mind. If you were someone who was abused, read, get a book of somebody who's been through what you went through. And see, because if they wrote a book, people are reading it, they've overcome what they, they went through. Read the book and see what did they do? Why, how did they overcome their low self-esteem? How did they overcome that negative mindset? How did they overcome being abused in their home growing up? Read, invest in that. Read. Open your mind. Broaden your horizon. Write down your vision. What do you want God to do for you? Write it down. Write it down. The Bible says in Habakkuk, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run with it. That he may run who reads it. So when you write down what you want, okay, my goal is one year from now, I want to have been able to read the whole Bible. It could be like that. Or one year from now, I want to be able to do whatever. I don't know what you are dreaming of. I don't know what dreams God is putting in your heart. What you want to do in a year, then three years, then five years. Write it down on your phone. When you are praying, bring it, bring it before you. Find scriptures that align with it. And pray over that, and pray over that, and pray over that. And as you do that, you'll be surprised. Six months, one year, because you've written it down, you now know what to do to get there. If you, you can't say you want to have a PhD today, and you've not even gone to, to look at schools that you may even want to start with to do your bachelor's degree. You have to take steps. And once you write it down, it's like you're reminding yourself you need to do something about it. And your mind is challenging you. So write down the vision and make it plain. And then thirdly, you must develop and sustain. It's hard work to develop something. Develop and sustain superior thinking patterns. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Now finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, it says to what? To think on these things. So train your mind. If you see your mind trailing away to start thinking those thoughts, capture your mind and capture your thoughts and say no. And bring your mind to some of these things that are honest, that are good, pure, good report, virtuous. Bring your mind back. Develop, start developing your mind. If you see your mind going to all those negative thoughts, say, no, uh, 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 bring it back. And he say, what? Nobody might know what you're doing if they see you doing this. But you are on your own bringing your mind back. Sometimes we have to do things that people don't see us and... My kids, they say I'm crazy because I talk a lot to myself. You know, you have to, you have to do some things because you know what's going on here. And you know you, ha you are only the, the one that can, that, can, that can make that change. Because nobody can see what you're thinking. 
but you might not see it, but you know. And the wind blows, we don't see it, but the effects of the wind, we all can see it. So the effects of your thoughts, don't let it destroy you. Instead, let it build you up. So if you find your mind always trailing to the negative things, to the bad things, or things you are afraid of, is where your mind goes, pull it back and find a scripture to cut that thought off. And say that scripture loud, because you cannot speak and think at the same time. Once you are speaking, that thought will, be, will, will, will die. And you do that long enough, you now know how to, to train your thought life and how to sustain it. Amen? Did you all get anything out of what we just talked about this morning? All right. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up to your feet this morning. Stand up to your feet this morning. There's a song. I want, this, I want you all to sing. I'm just going to put you all on the spot. I know who I am. Can you, all, can you all sing that song? Oh, oh, I'm not singing good well. Oh, I know who I am. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. <laughs> My son says, Mom, be quiet. <laughs> okay. All right, let's sing that song. Let's sing that song. Because we know who we are in Christ, right? We know who we are, no matter what our situation is right now. No matter what the enemy tells us right now. You can dream, because God says you are his child. All right, let's go. Hallelujah. We are a chosen generation. Power for the joy in Bethlehem.
Let's raise our hands. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to Him today. Father, we just want to thank You. Father, we thank You that we know who we are in You. Father, we thank You that You have made us to be the head and not the tail. Father, the thoughts that You have for us are thoughts of good, not of evil. So bring us to an expected end. Oh, Father, we thank you that the expected end for you, for us, is good. And we accept that today. Our minds, we accept that. And our minds, we reach there. And we give you praise for it, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you for your, this service today. I just pray that you bless the people, all your people here. That this week, let it be a week of favor. Let it be a week of just abundance. Let us have testimonies this week to the glory of your name. Father, as we live here, we do not leave your presence. You are with us always, according to your word. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Our prayer partners are going to come.